0: Zero all engine running. Lift-off. We have a liftoff. And welcome back into the Bama on three show. This is your host, Clint Lamb. And guys, I'm riding solo today. We're gonna get Jimmy back tomorrow. We're gonna do a lot more in-depth, uh, you know, a Mercer recap. We're gonna be talking about a lot of things, a lot of things going on in the college football world. Clay Helton just got fired. Um, it's not just college football; it's the NFL as well. You got Tua Tungavaloa, Mac Jones, going head to head for you know their first Week One starts of their NFL careers. Tua, of course, has had multiple starts in his NFL career, but at the same time, um, has never started the opening week of the season. Mac Jones, of course, being a rookie, we got to see him as well, and so I'm going to talk a little bit about that today. I'm going to talk a little bit about Mercer. But really the in-depth stuff with Jimmy where we're doing the back and forth and everything, that's going to come tomorrow. But I wanted to at least give you guys a little bit of a preview uh, of what's to come. And Alabama ends up winning the game 48-14. to 14. If you look at that, 34-point win against an FCS opponent. Uh, that's a pretty solid victory, but I don't think anybody was necessarily happy with the performance, and we certainly uh, weren't happy with the injury to, to Will Anderson, Jr., That was the big storyline of the game, by far the biggest coming out of the game. Now, granted, we did talk to Nick Saban today in his weekly press conference, and we got the update that as of right now, they are very encouraged with where he's at. You know, a lot more encouraged today than they were two days ago following the end of the game. And Nick Saban admitted that he's he kind of labeled him day to day and said that it's possible that he could be available for Florida, but they're just gonna have to see how he progresses. Over the course of this week, so I find that uh, to be fantastic news relative to you know what it could have been. I mean, you got to think if a guy could you know goes down with an injury like that, you know, it's a chop block looked a little iffy. He was able to walk off under his own power, but we've seen guys with torn ACLs and a lot worse injuries uh, be able to walk off on their own power under their own power. So that's only so much of a signal to. You know how healthy or unhealthy he was in that moment, but we got the update, and that's fantastic news. Um, and I think this is going to be important when you start looking at Florida and their offense, and the fact that they're going to be, you know, running a dual threat quarterback, somebody that can put pressure not only with his arm but with his legs, uh, regardless of who ends up being the starting quarterback or who ends up playing the most snaps, Emory Jones. You know, he's been the starter, but Anthony Richardson has, you know, he's a big body guy, 6'4", 235, 240 pounds, extremely athletic, um, you know, powerful runner, and he's done some very good things in that Dan Mullen offense. So it might be Emory Jones, it could be Anthony Richardson if he's able to come back. He did kind of tweak his hamstring a little bit. Uh, during this this past weekend's game against uh, South Florida, which Florida you know was able to win big for the second consecutive week, we haven't seen Florida tested, so we don't really know how good or bad they really are. You know they're ranked inside the top ten, at least according to one poll. Um, I think it's the coaches' poll that have them at number nine, but they're a top fifteen squad according to both. Um, you know, so it's going to be a great matchup. It's one of the better matchups of the weekend. You're going to get Auburn and Penn State and some other fantastic games. But Alabama and Florida, with Alabama going into the Swamp, they are a double-digit favorite, a 15-point favorite, a 15-and-a-half actually, you know, now that I think about the updated line. I think it came out at 15 and it moved up to 15-and-a-half. And, you know, we'll kind of just have to see where the line goes from there. But it's going to be a fantastic game. I uh, can't wait to see that. But like I said um, – you know, as, as far as the Mercer stuff is concerned, wasn't Alabama's best performance. You know, they, they, it was clear that Nick Saban talking about the rat poison and how Alabama needed to make sure they were able to maintain their intensity and their focus, they weren't able to do that throughout the course of Saturday's game against Mercer. And that was clear, whether it be offensively, defensively at times. I, I think the defense played pretty well for the most part. But you know when you started rotating guys in and the game was clearly in hand, you know you could just get this sense that you know the defensive side of the football was starting to relax a little bit. And when you're a young guy and you're getting rotated in, you're expected to to keep up performance and play like it. You know every snap counts because it does for you, especially in that moment. But anyways, I thought the overall the defense played pretty well. The offense had some moments, but there were focus drops by the receivers. You know Bryce Young I thought played pretty well, but you know his protection kind of broke down quite a bit especially early on that sack given up on the first drive on third down by Chris Owens he's not a guy that's used to playing in space too much you know he's not having the he's not used to having to go against those speed edge rushers because he was projected to be the starting center he's played some tackle he's played some left tackle I mean he's a versatile guy and he has the ability to do that but a he didn't have a ton of length and b he just hadn't played you know, offensive tackle in a while. I'm sure he's gotten some reps in practice, but it's a much different go, going about it, you know, in a game. But he has that veteran experience. Uh, but like I said, we're going to be talking a lot more about the Mercer game tomorrow. So many different things to look at. You're talking about, you know, the backup right tackle position, the quarterback rotation, the, um, you know, the, the running back performances, how Henry To'o To'o and those guys performed – Drew Sanders getting the start at outside linebacker. Kool-Aid McKinstry getting the start at cornerback. So Demarcus Banks. Both those two guys were able to haul in an interception apiece. Josh Job and Jalen Armour-Davis, where are they at as far as their health? You know, Nick Saban did say that both of those guys are back to practicing and, you know, it, it, they're just going to have to wait and see how those two guys progress. We don't know if it was something other than an injury. We don't know. I mean, if it was an injury, we don't know what that is. But it sounds like they're back of practice. There's no issues. They did not really get into the specifics of what was going on with those guys. But, you know, the bottom line is is they should be back and they should be ready for Florida. We'll just kind of have to wait and see. But in their absence, you had Kool-Aid McKinstry. You had Marcus Banks. Like I said, both those two guys, I think they combined for ten tackles. They both uh, had an interception apiece. Were they perfect? No. But I thought, you know, both players – played pretty well and and honestly if you asked me to choose who I thought played better I'd probably go with Marcus Banks you know the, the one that we all want to talk about because of his talent coming out of high school and kind of where he stood on the depth chart as a first year player is Kool-Aid McKinstry but I thought both guys played well but probably Marcus Banks played a little bit better I think he was a little bit more consistent but that's also not surprising considering where both of those two guys are at you know Marcus Banks is heading into his third year Koolid McKinstry, he was playing high school football just, you know, less than a year ago. And and so that's a very different place to be for both of those two guys. But we're going to talk about that with Jimmy a lot more tomorrow. Um, you know, the, the safety play and the fact that it seems like Brian Branch might have overtaken Malachi Moore for the the starting job at Star. DeMarco Helms was back into the lineup. He had Jordan Battle. And it looked like that Brian Branch was in there playing some Star. And, of course, we did see some Malachi Moore, and he, he had a – an interception as well, um, but we'll just kind of have to see how that whole thing plays out moving forward as far as the secondary is concerned. So many talking points for tomorrow, and I really wanted to dive into a lot of that today, but just the scheduling and things like that, it didn't end up working out. But you know, with Florida this week, we've got a great schedule for you guys. We got this coming out, and like I said, I'm just talking to you guys a little bit about what we got going on. Um, but then tomorrow we're going to be doing the, the the Mercer recap. We're going to be getting into some Florida stuff, and then we got a, a you know uh, mailbag coming on Wednesday, Wednesday or Thursday. And then if we're you know if we have time, I'm going to be traveling to Gainesville. I'll leave out on Friday, and we'll make that you know six and a half seven hour drive. Go ahead and get down there, get close to Gainesville, and be prepared to to go to the stadium on Saturday. So if we can't get anything else in on Thursday, that might be the last one. But the bottom line is is we're going to find some time to make sure that we're breaking down Florida and and Alabama and how they match up prior to the start of that game. So definitely tune into that. That's going to be a lot of fun. Um, You know, we might try to get Nikki back on for a recruiting update because, you know, Justice Finkley, he ended up going with Texas – the day of that was kind of the buzz and what everybody was expecting. So I don't think it caught anybody—at least you know on my side of things or our side of things—I don't think it caught anybody completely off guard. But where does Alabama turn as far as you know the next guys who are ready to commit? So we'll be getting Nicky on. Um, but before I get off, Tua Tungavaloa versus Mac Jones—I thought it was a, a great performance for for both players statistically. You know, neither one of them blew away the the stat sheet. Tua finished with just over 200 yards passing. He had the one touchdown. He had the one interception. He did add a rushing touchdown as well. Um, you know, but the the interception, you know, not not great. But there were some drops in there. Even Jalen Waddle, you know, he, he had a pretty bad drop. Uh, Devontae Parker, um, you know, Mike Geseki had a drop. So just across the board, Tua's weapons are still kind of struggling. As far as being able to pull in the football consistently, and so his completion percentage was sitting, you know, just over fifty percent. But I don't think his performance adequately reflects that. And they got the 17-16 win, so that also accounts for something. But with Mac Jones, he threw for two hundred eighty one yards. He completed over, you know, seventy percent of his passes. Almost got to the mid seventy percentile as far as his passes completed. Uh, he had the one touchdown. He didn't have an interception. There were times where, you know, he was taking his check downs and he was, you know, taking the easy stuff that he needed to, but he's a rookie quarterback going against a good defense in his first ever career start. And so you can't really blame him for taking what is there. And 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 I've seen people criticizing him for not pushing the football downfield or, you know, using the check down too much. The bottom line, I feel like he used it when he needed to. I didn't feel like that was his go-to thing. He tried to distribute the football. He tried to work within the offense, and I thought he did a pretty darn good job of it and which is why out of the rookie quarterbacks, he had the highest rating of any of them coming out of week one. So I enjoyed that performance. Um, and of course, of course, any Alabama fan who watched certainly did, it was fun, you know, getting to make those comparisons between the two players. You're talking about two guys who were in the same recruiting class back in 2017. They were both first round picks, both top 15 picks, you know, Mac Jones was two as backup. Um, you know, they're both playing in the AFC East, so they're both playing in the same division. They both have former teammates working within the, the same offense. You know, Tua's got Jalen Waddell. Mac has got Damien Harris at running back. You know, there's some other Alabama players on both teams, Raquan Davis defensively, Dante Hightower defensively for the Patriots. But the bottom line is it was a fun performance, and we're going to get a lot more of this. This was part one. We're going to get this twice a year for the foreseeable future. As long as the Miami Dolphins don't go out and add or trade for Deshaun Watson, which I really hope that they don't, as long as they don't make that move, we're going to get Tua versus Mac twice a year on an annual basis for the foreseeable future, and I couldn't be more excited about that. Um, It's fun for Alabama fans. I mean, the only three places where it was televised as far as the national scale, a lot of people were getting the Kansas City Chiefs and the Cleveland Browns. But you know the the you know Boston, the Massachusetts area, Miami, you know South Florida. Both those two places, of course, got the game because that's you know of course the market for the two teams. But then the state of Alabama, they also got the game because the people that be understand that this was a very appealing game for any Alabama fan. And you know I went and looked at the schedule. We did get to see Mac Jones versus Jalen Hurts in the preseason. That was fun. But the Eagles aren't playing you know the Patriots or the Dolphins you know in the regular season this year so we're not going to be able to get that but moving forward we probably will at some point in future seasons but um you know like I said we'll get a Tua versus Mac as long as both players stay healthy and and hang on to the starting jobs which you know we all think that that's going to be the case you're going to get another one of those uh but speaking of the Philadelphia Eagles I also wanted to talk about the performances of Devonte Smith and Jalen Hurts I'm Alex Rodriguez Because, you know, Jalen wasn't perfect by any means. He still has his issues as far as, you know, seeing the field and delivering the football on a consistent basis. But he's made so much growth in that area. And he looks like an NFL quarterback. And he especially looks like an NFL quarterback when you talk about him going into his second year after not having a normal year last year, just like we talked about with Tua. Now, Tua also had the injury and some other factors involved, but Jalen Hurts didn't have a ton around him in Philadelphia last year. Jalen Hurts didn't have a normal offseason heading into his rookie season last year. And, you know, he was able to earn the starting job and he showed flashes, but, you know, he kind of hit that rookie wall as well, like a lot of first year players do in the NFL. But we got to see him last night or yesterday, and we saw growth from him. And as long as he continues to move in the right direction, I understand they traded for Gardner Minshew. I understand that you know that some people still feel like that Jalen Hurts might not be the long-term answer for them at quarterback. But if I'm the Eagles, as long as he's moving in the right direction, I'm riding with him and I'm building around him. And we haven't gotten to see Landon Dickerson yet. But we, you know, we got to see Devontae Smith. He was fantastic in his debut. Um, you know, you had the crazy stat yesterday, where you know, Tua Tungavaloa in his, well, I, you know, I, we'll go from the other angle, right? The receivers, Jalen Waddle, in his debut as an NFL player, caught a touchdown pass from his former college quarterback in Tua Tungavaloa. Devonte Smith in his debut as an NFL receiver, caught a touchdown pass from his college quarterback in Jalen Hurts. Then you also had Jamar uh, Chase, in his debut as a receiver in the NFL, caught a touchdown pass from his college quarterback in Joe Burrow. I don't know what the chances of that are, but they have to be pretty slim. I mean, that's it's absolutely incredible that all three of those things happened with the top three receivers that were taken in the draft, they all ended up playing with their former college quarterback, or at least one of their former college quarterbacks, and they all three caught touchdown passes in their you know debut in the in week one, the exact same week. I, like I said, I don't know what the chances of that are, but it's it's slim. So I thought that was very cool. But Devontae Smith, early on, you know, in the preseason and stuff, when Devontae finally got healthy, I just didn't really see the way that Philly was utilizing him as him being like a go-to guy. I kind of started thinking, okay, he might have one of those rookie seasons where we just don't really see a ton from him. He's a guy in the offense. He's starting. He, he makes some big catches, but as far as him being what we've seen from him at Alabama, I didn't really think that, you know, was in his, you know, future as far as 2021 is concerned as a rookie. Um, uh, so far through one week, I was completely wrong because, they featured him and he did a great job. He was consistent. He was a reliable target. He, you know, he held up physically. Everybody questioned his size coming out of Alabama. Yesterday, and I understand he was going against the Atlanta Falcons defense and it's a huge reason why he was a great DFS, you know, fantasy play if you're into that kind of thing. I know I put him in a couple lineups and that paid off big. But the reason being, um, it's because he was going against Atlanta, and I thought, you know, it was a shot in the dark maybe for him to have a, a breakout performance in week one, and that certainly happened. And even though it was against the Atlanta Falcons, who don't have a great secondary, I thought he performed very, very well in his debut. So that was very cool to see. Um, you know, and, and this is the great part, and I told you guys about this when we did the whole debut episode of the Bama On Three show. I talked about how much fun it was going to be to talk about Alabama or to cover Alabama because you get it at all three uh, levels, right? You're talking about it from the high school level and the recruiting. We're bringing Nicky on. We're going to try to make that at least a weekly thing if possible. Alabama's always involved with all the big-time recruits. So you got that covered. You got the college-level covered, especially now that it's the football season. Um, You know, you're getting – I understand it was Alabama versus Mercer. It was a very, you know, boring game you know, speaking candidly, everybody watched it. There wasn't a whole lot of excitement. Um, the, the crowd was, you know, be, with it being nine eleven and stuff, you know, there was some excitement and some energy there, but it just wasn't, the, it wasn't Miami and it, it, wasn't, it wasn't Florida, you know, so that's just part of it. But just getting to talk about the team and react to what happened, we get that side of things, and then we're talking about Alabama players in the NFL. And it just seemed like every time you turn a game on, you know, you're, you're looking at – you're watching the Titans and the Cardinals. You're talking about Derrick Henry. You're talking about Rashawn Evans. You, you know, you turn on this game. You get, you know, Devontae Smith and, and Jalen Hurts. You know, you're getting Calvin Ridley on the other side. You turn on, you know, Miami and, and the Patriots, and you're talking about Tua and Jalen and, uh, you know, Waddle. And you're talking about Mack, and you're talking about Damien Harris having a big day, you know, rushing for 100 yards. And, you know, it just – it doesn't matter who's – you know, which offense or or which defense is out there. They're probably got at least a couple of Alabama players. Um, And so it's it's just – it's very cool. I know that people that keep up with Alabama, they love watching this kind of thing. You know, some people are kind of off the whole NFL thing. But, you know, it it is what it is. The good part about it is from an Alabama fan's perspective, if you are into the NFL and you want to watch the NFL, you know, my uh, girlfriend's mom, she – Shot me a text earlier. She said, hey, who's playing tonight? And are there any Alabama players, you know, who are going to be playing? It's the, the, the Las Vegas Raiders and the Baltimore Ravens. You know, you're talking about Josh Jacobs, Kenyon Drake, Henry Ruggs III, third, Alex Leatherwood, Marlon Humphrey, Anthony Averett, Bradley Bozeman. I mean, the list just goes on and on. You're talking about six, seven, eight, nine former Alabama players who are going to be playing in this Monday night football game alone. I mean, that's just where Alabama's at, you know, having the most, you know, I think it was 54 players that they ended up having on 53-man rosters. Incredible stuff. So, you know, as far as the debut performances from a lot of those guys, we're going to be talking more about it with Jimmy tomorrow. And that's why I want to give you guys some content and talk about it and, you know, things like that. But it's more so that the point of this is to let you know that is going to be the breakdown stuff. And we're going to have some fun with it. We're going to be taking y'all's questions again because I've gotten tons over the last, you know, two weeks. We were planning to do one last week. Didn't get around to doing that. But we're going to get one in this week, and that just means we're going to have even more questions for you guys. Um, you know, and then, of course, if you're looking for the Florida preview and what to expect, we're going to be t- – I mean, it's not just covering the game. It's not just necessarily score predictions. Uh, it's – you know, betting lines, who do you need to take? The over-under, the that 15-and-a-half-point line, if you're wanting to take it, you know, we'll, we'll try to cover you from that angle as well and tell you why, and we'll have some fun with it. So I appreciate you guys tuning in to all of the episodes. We've had some great stuff. Brad Edwards from ESPN last week, he hopped on with us and talked about his book and broke down Alabama-Miami, and that was so much fun. We're going to have more guests. Um you know, so we hope that you guys are enjoying the content. If you haven't already go and like subscribe, share, follow, do whatever you need to do as far as the Bama on three show. And, you know, make sure that you you've got it, you know, notification set when we share a new episode, we're doing at least, you know, three a week. We're trying to get up to a point where we're doing four and maybe even five a week. And we want you guys to be a part of it as much as possible. So set those notifications, turn them on, To where you can listen, you know, as soon as it comes out each and every day that we share a new episode. So, like I said, if you haven't done that, definitely go do it now. And then if you haven't already as well, you need to go to the to the website, the on three website, and sign up for on three plus right now. Guys, ten dollars for the entire year, less than a dollar a month. I don't know about you guys. I understand that some people are are cheap. I can spend you know, $10 at McDonald's just on myself in one meal. I could go to Taco Bell, which I don't even know how that's possible that you spend $10 at Taco Bell, but I can do it. I've been known to do it. So that's one meal that you skip out on, and you get an entire year's worth of content, whether it be, you know, from Jimmy on the message boards, whether it be Nikki on the recruiting front. You get other people like Chad Simmons on the national side of things. You're talking about me as far as the team coverage is concerned. After every game, as soon as the game's over, you can bet that over the course of the game, I've been tracking, jotting down notes, observations, and I've been throwing those things into like a bullet point form article that I call, you know, kind of my quick thoughts or my quick hits following the game. And, you know, people seem to be enjoying that. I've gotten a lot of great feedback on that. And so, you know, if you get the On3+, plus, you're able to go and and read that as soon as the game's over. You can react to me. Hit me up on Twitter, at Lamb. Um, and, and we can get the conversation going, but that's a great starting point as far as my initial thoughts. And if you got any questions on certain players, I do, I try to cover everybody that I possibly can, anybody that's done anything. And then, you know, observations that I've had, you know, as far as guys who substituted in when certain guys ended up getting put into the game, why that matters, all that stuff. I really try to provide that for you guys. So if you haven't already, like I said, go sign up for on three plus $10, For the entire first year, you're not going to beat that deal anywhere, I can promise you. And once again, thanks for listening to the show. I've had a blast doing it. I know Jimmy has. Jimmy's hitting me up all the time. Hey, when can we get another episode out? What do you want to do? He loves doing it. I love doing it. Um, And so we really appreciate you guys. We'll talk to you guys soon, meaning tomorrow. So definitely stick around and be ready for that. This has been the Bama on three show with your host, Clint Lamb.